Welcome to Word to the Mother, a retrospective on 90s R&B and hip-hop. Here's your host, your girl, Charlie D. Welcome to my little show where I reflect on, reminisce about, express my love for, and celebrate the best and hottest artists to come out of the hottest decade for R&B and hip-hop music. The 90s. Yes, yes, yes. If you've been here before, welcome back. Glad you're here again. If this is your first time, kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Oops, we already did that episode. Join me. We're about to have some sexy ass fun up in here. Stay tuned. Today's featured artist is the product of two sets of brothers coming together to form a quartet of singers that will go on to sell more than 20 million albums worldwide. Complex Magazine names them number one on their 1990s male R&B group Pyramid of Excellence list. They were the desire of pretty much every girl and went to middle school's fantasies at some point and probably spawned so many quick and immediate pregnancies. Yes, I went there. You cannot list the top sexiest R&B songs from the 90s without mentioning several of their hits. They would go on to be known as the bad boys of R&B. Today's featured artist is none other than Jodeci. Forever My Lady, Jodeci's debut album was released in May 1991, so let's go back and see what else was going on in the world during that time. Okay, in the world of music in May 91, we had a couple album releases. In fact, we had a good selection of album releases. De La Soul's De La Soul Is Dead featuring my song, Me, Myself, and I. That was an album that came out. Another one was N.W.A.'s, excuse me, Niggas for Life, featuring the single Appetite for Destruction. Not too familiar with that one, but nonetheless. Luther Vandross's Power of Love, Come Through Luther. Ice-T had a OG Original Gangsta. Again, not too familiar with those songs. Um, Paula Abdul's Spellbound. I remember she had a song called, called uh, Vibeology that I liked, and actually a couple other songs that were kind of cool. But um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Paula. Okay, Stevie Wonder's Jungle Fever. He got jungle fever. She got jungle fever. She's in love. Okay, y'all remember that movie? I do. Okay, Chub Rock, the one featuring Treat Me Right. Do do do. Um, Treat Me Right. Um. It's called Chub Rock's The One, and Treat Em Right was one of my favorite 90s songs, and it's 2021. I still rock that song on the regular. I love many of Chub Rock songs, so I was really tickled to see that one. In movies, uh, May 1991, Madonna's movie Truth or Dare was released, and I clear- clearly remember sneaking into a movie theater to see this one because I was not of age. Nope. 
I think we tried to get tickets um, ourselves, but I look so daggone young. I, I, I couldn't pass for nothing. So um, anyway, we snuck in <laughs> and I only got to watch about 10 minutes or so before we got found out and then kicked out. Boo. But I did later see it on cable and became like completely obsessed with it and with Madonna. That was like a whole air and a whole phase for me. But yeah, really, really good memories. Another film that I became obsessed with that was released in May 91 was Thelma and Louise. Funny and quick story is that I didn't even want to see this movie when it came out. But I was hanging with a friend of mine and we went to Blockbuster. Y'all remember Blockbuster? Anyway, she really wanted to see it, so I agreed and assumed I would be bored as well. Well, I got into it right away, and by the end of it, child, I was in love with it. I mean, if you've never seen it, check it out. Excellent performances by Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon. Okay, now on to our featured artists and how they got started. On September 2nd, 1969, Cedric Renard Haley was born in Charlotte, North Carolina to parents Anita and Cliff Haley, who were strict Pentecostals, but also gospel singers at the time. He was later joined by younger brother Joel, born June 10th, 1971. Little known fact, the Haley brothers were also cousins to R&B singers Stephanie Mills, Dave Hollister, Calvin Richardson, and Fantasia Barino. Clearly a very musical family background. The family lived for a bit in Baltimore, Maryland, where they performed gospel music, but they relocated back to Charlotte when Cedric was a teen. By 1983, Cedric began performing as Little Cedric and the Haley Singers, recording gospel songs such as I'm All Right Now, and also recording two more records in 84 called Jesus Saves, and in 1985, a track called God's Blessing, released by Air Gospel, which received some placement on the Billboard Gospels albums charts. Even then, Little Cedric was killing those vocals. He has such a big voice and presence, people were making comparisons to Michael Jackson at that age. Brothers Cedric and Joel were becoming so known for their musical talents that they were eventually persuaded into meeting another set of brothers who were also creating music. Donald Earl DeGreat Jr. was born on September 29, 1969, also in Charlotte, and was later joined by a younger brother, Dalvin Artemis DeGreat, on July 23, 1971. And just like the Haley brothers, they also grew up performing and touring in a family gospel group called the Don DeGreat Delegation. It was actually a mutual friend that encouraged the DeGreat brothers to meet the Haley brothers. In an interview in 2011, Dalvin stated, quote, There was this girl group called Unity and then the Don DeGreat de Delegation, which Devontae and I played in. 
So we met some of the girls from Unity. One was dating KC before we even met. And she would always tell us that we need to meet KC and JoJo. End quote. Sometime after the meeting took place, the two sets of brothers shared their musical dreams and goals and agreed to work together to make things happen. The brothers then moved in together, leaving their family groups to begin work on their own musical aspirations. The foursome began to form what would become known as the group Jodeci. The name Jodeci, in case anyone missed this, is an abbreviation of the members' names. Joe from Jojo, Joel's stage name. D from the DeGreat Brothers. And C from Casey, Cedric's new stage name. Jodeci was born. And can I say one of the better and most creative male group names? It rolls off the tongue perfectly. Donald will become Devontae Swing and Dalvin, Mr. Dalvin. Mr. Dalvin to you. Okay. While working out Jodeci's look and sound, Devontae Swing at 16 actually traveled to Minneapolis in the hopes of going to Paisley Park to audition for Prince. He states that the receptionist refused him entry saying there was nothing she could do for him but that only motivated him to work harder on his production and songwriting skills. On a mission to snag a record deal, the new group drove up to New York with a 29-song, three-tape demo and headed to Uptown Records. With no prior audition set up, they were quickly denied until producer Andre Harrell finally agreed to hear their demo. Upon hearing the high quality of the demo, Harrell asked them to sing live, which they did, and performed Come and Talk to Me and I'm Still Waiting. Rapper Heavy D also overheard the impromptu performance and was impressed enough to say something to Harrell, who eventually took the group out to dinner and after getting to know them better, finally offered them a recording contract. Jodeci was assigned to Uptown intern Sean Combs, also known now as P. Diddy. The first task was creating the Jodeci style. Since the R&B male groups were going preppy and dressy, they decided to keep it street with baseball caps, Timberland boots, and loose jeans. Jodeci were introduced to the world during an episode of Soul Train, where they sang background vocals for the song, Treat Them Like They Want to Be Treated, by rapper Father MC. Okay, I do remember this song, but I never realized it was Jodeci backing Father MC. Or did I? I don't remember. Okay. How funny is it that Father MC had both Jodeci and Mary J. Blige backing him back then? Anyway, Sean Combs worked hard on the group's image, posing them with their backs to the camera, taking the idea from the group guy, and just giving them more of a street image, distancing themselves from their heavy gospel roots. Their debut album would be named Forever My Lady, released in May 91, and it showcased Devontae's songwriting talents, along with collaboration from Albie Shore with a mix of heavy seduction, soul singing, and that new Jack Swing style. The album featured not one, not two, but three number one hits. The first being Forever My Lady, released in August 91.
While this was not actually the first single release, it was definitely the first song from them I heard, and I clearly remember the day every girl in my middle school class was talking about it and the video. It was just like a buzz in the room, and every girl was so excited talking about this sexy new group. Girls were even standing up, imitating the moves they saw in the video. It was like overnight, Jodeci was the hottest, sexiest male group out. I was even like, damn, I gotta check out this video. Of recording, of creating the recordings Wikipedia states about Devante and Albie Shores producing, quote, the duo worked hard to add more of a hip hop sound to the album, incorporating synthesizer heavy rhythm tracks to complement the alternating themes discussed through the album, ranging from passionate and elegant songs about love to energetic and swaggering songs centered around sex and partying. The group's emotionally transparent lyrics are delivered in both rap and songs, help to explore the feelings of love and seduction, end quote. And that shit worked. And the next number one single was the song, Stay. Don't talk, just listen. First of all, I have to be honest with you, baby. I lied when I told you I never want to see you again. Can you? Just for tonight. And maybe we can do something like make love. Watch the sunrise, or listen to JoJo, KC, sing us a verse. Slot, baby. <laughs> Let the monster kill you. <laughs> oh, you feel so sexy, so good. Why does the song make me blush like even now and yo that intro iconic to the 90s it just brings up so many personal memories some I won't even bore you with here <laughs> the next number one song was come and talk to me But wait, just wait. I'm sorry, guys, if this is going to be a bit repetitive, but I got to say yes. That version is hot and all, but 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 the remix player was my favorite and so much hotter. Tell me this was not the hotter version. Come and talk to me. I really want to meet you, girl. I really want to know your name. Really want to meet you, girl. I really want to know your name. Oh, yeah. 
shouts out and that beat hits then the beat drops again with that heavy bass line what hold up i need some water <laughs> a breather or something the forever my lady album had two other singles i'm still waiting and gotta love the first which reached number 10 on the charts and the reviews were overwhelmingly positive complimenting the production choices made by Devante. The album went on to reach number 18 on the Billboard 200 and by 1995 sold over 3 million copies. It would eventually sell over 8 million worldwide. Speaking about the album, Mr. Dalvin stated, quote, The latest version of the album that was released only took us a week to finish because we had already written the songs. It was about getting our sounds right because the vocals were already done. It was us going back in the studio, recreating the beats and the melodies. Most of the songs were written before we left North Carolina. My brother was 16 and I was 14 when we wrote these songs, end quote. And that's crazy that they were very young teens when they wrote some of the most sexy hit songs. I mean, wow, just wow. In 92, KC sung a duet on Mary J. Blige's debut album, What's the 411, on a track called I Don't Want to Do Anything Else. I remember this track reminded me of Rick James and Tina Marie's Fire and Desire. It was kind of like that was my generation's version of that song. Mary and Casey would go on to date for 12 years before splitting up. And we won't get into that mess here. So when it was time to work on the next album, Jodeci actually ran into some friction and a feud, which caused them to almost leave Uptown Records for Death Row Records. While they did eventually work it out, this issue led to their next album, Diary of a Mad Band, to be released with almost zero pr promotion, which was generally unheard of for artists with such a huge debut. Diary of a Mad Band was released in December of 1993, reaching number three on the Billboard 200 and number one on the R&B charts, where it stayed for two weeks. It spawned three hit singles, Cry For You, Feenin', and What About Us? Cry For You will go on to reach number one on the charts. Without you, baby, I feel worthless. I'm living on the edge. It's been an hour since you've been gone. 
Produced by Devontae Swain, Cry For You will go on to be covered by Tank and Jay Valentine, mentioned in the song Controla by Drake, and re-sung by Gerald Levert in his 2007 album In My Songs. Next is what I think is my all-time favorite track, and that's Fiendin'. I remember this hook getting stuck in my head for a while, and that intro... All the chronic in the world can even mess with you. You're the ultimate high. You know what I'm saying, baby? Now check this out. Take my money, my house and my cars for one hit. just dripping swag <laughs> i love this one and i've been using the term fiending ever since and specifically because of this song fiending reached number two on the r&b and hip-hop song charts and number 25 on the billboard 100 and the third single from the album was what about us
I remember that this song started with clips of Come and Talk to Me and then breaks down into this real mellow groove. Oh man, it was good times listening to this then and now. Jojo sung lead on this one and I really like his voice. He has a softer approach than his brother and this one reached number 14 on the charts. Overall, I think this is a pretty good album. You know, I am content if I get at least two solid hits from my album, but reviews were mixed. Dimitri Ehrlich of Entertainment Weekly wrote that the album, quote, often transcends the formulaic histrionics that marred their debut, end quote. All Music's Ron Wynn deemed the album, quote, jarring and mismatched, preferring its sentimental love songs to the sexually explicit hip-hop influence come on numbers of which i do not agree i actually think what about us is a pretty cute love song rowan b preston from the chicago tribune stated that jodeci quote certainly not as funky as h-town nor as stirring as boys to men at their best end quote mm, okay let's be real jodeci had way more of everything than h-town and i would not even classify them in the same category as boys to men okay Okay, thank you. Two very unique and different R&B acts. Nope, not trying to hear it. Not today, son. Not on this podcast. Okay. In 93, Jodeci recorded a cover of the 1981 Stevie Wonder hit, Lately, which peaked at number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Can't see, 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 see. just the other night while you were sleeping. Someone's name, but uh, when I ask you all the thoughts you keep, you just said that I love you. Yeah, 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 Did I love this song? Yes, honey. Woo! Child. In July 1995, Jodeci released their third album, The Show, The After Party, The Hotel, which was number two on the Billboard 200, making it their highest peaking album. With this release came three new songs to reach the top 40. Freaking You, Love You For Life, and Get On Up. Okay, so Love You For Life, I remember the video featuring T-Boz and Mr. Dalvin getting married, and I seriously totally forgot that they ever dated, but they did. I also recently read somewhere that, and I'm sorry I don't have the source, but that they are still good friends. 
pretty cool to hear. Yep, I recall watching this with friends and all of us dreamily wishing we were like t and marrying our boo thing. I mean, didn't every video about marriage do that? Mm, yeah, pretty much. The next single is Get On Up, which would reach number four on the hot R&B and hip hop singles charts. This one I forgot all about, but I remember this one because it had a totally different vibe than the other songs. Maybe just because it was mid-tempo unlike the others? I don't know. But the album as a whole sold 3.3 million copies and by fall of 1995, it went on to sell over 5 million worldwide. It was after this time that Jodeci as a foursome went on a hiatus. But they did not stop recording. A year prior, in 94, Casey released his solo single, a cover of the Bobby Womack song, If You Think You're Lonely Now. Okay, that was a perfect cover for him because he is the perfect soulful voice for it. I definitely remember that one. This was released for the Jason's Lyric soundtrack. In 1996, Casey also recorded the song How Could You for the movie Bulletproof, and he and JoJo also sang on Tupac's number one album titled Love Always. Unlike their previous Jodeci albums, the brothers wrote and produced 75% of the songs with the intention of creating more love ballads that they felt could be enjoyed by their Christian family and friends. Casey told Billboard, With Jodeci, we might sing Freaking You, and with Casey and Jojo, don't use the word sex. <laughs> Released in June 1997, the album would give us four singles, the first one being You Bring Me Up. Oh, 
song peaked at number seven on the Billboard 100. The next single was Last Night's Letter, released in September peaked at number 46 on the Billboard charts. The third and clearly the biggest single to come from this album was the ballad All My Life, released in January Just lovely. This one would go on to become a huge hit among weddings and engagement parties. It would also go on to hit number one in the US as well as top 10 in several other countries. This one was written by JoJo and originally intended to be about his daughter. It was supposed to be intended for another artist, but after further listening to it, decided it was too hot to give away. Smart move. This song would go on to be their biggest hit and create the standard for love songs to come. It was so popular, it was featured in many TV shows and films. The last single was a song called Don't Rush, Take Love Slowly, which peaked at number 24. The Love Always album went on to sell over 4 million copies, putting a potential Jodeci reunion on hold indefinitely. Casey and JoJo were too hot. They contributed to the track I Care For You with the group After 7 for the Soul Food soundtrack. And in 98, they sung for the film The Players Club on the song Money Can't Buy You Love. In 1999, the duo then recorded the title track, Life, for the movie of the same name, starring Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. Tell me, how did I get In June 1999, Casey and JoJo released their second album titled It's Real, which peaked at number eight on the Billboard 200 and featured four singles, including the song 
Tell Me It's Real. Okay, I forgot about this one. And I have to say, while I was feeling their earlier sexier songs, it's also nice to hear the more mature love songs coming from them. This song reached number two. In the year 2000, the brothers Haley returned for a new album called X. The X was the Roman numeral 10, celebrating the brothers' 10th anniversary in the music business. This album spawned four singles, the first one being the track Crazy, which was featured on the Save the Last Dance soundtrack. Crazy went on to number three on the charts. Other songs off the album include All the Things I Should Have Known, Honest Lover, and One Last Time. Listening to them recently, I did find I like the sound of Honest Lover. Vibe magazine stated about the songs chosen on the X album that it, quote, conveyed a similar mix of hip hop collective that launched Dell the Funky Homo Sapien, end quote. X made a pretty good return on the Billboard Hot 100. In November 2002, Casey and JoJo released their fourth album titled Emotional, which consisted of two released singles, This Very Moment and It's Me. The track This Very Moment has that Till Death Do Us Part wedding vibe. also has a track which was a personal fave of the brothers and that is the song written by singer Stephen Vaughn called How Long. How long? 
like how this one has a different sound than what they usually do. I can't put my finger on it, but it sounds like a different genre. Soft rock, maybe? Gotta think more on that. Overall, this album is not much of a commercial success, peaking at number 61 on the charts, with critical reviews mixed, saying there are no real standouts for this one. In 2005, Casey and JoJo released a Greatest Hits album, and the following year in 2006, Casey released his debut solo album called My Book, which featured just one single titled It's All Love. Two years later in 2008, the Haley's released their fifth album, a compilation called Love, but only in Japan. In 2010, Casey and JoJo were featured on their own reality series for TV One called Casey and JoJo Come Clean, which focused on their struggles with alcohol and their work towards making a musical comeback. It only aired for one season, but reruns were shown several times a year. In February 2014, Timbaland revealed that he was working on Jodeci for a comeback album. Later that year in November, the group with all original members teamed up for a reunion at the 2014 Soul Train Awards. This would mark the first time the group performed on stage since 2006. It was then that they performed their latest song titled Nobody Wins, released in December 2014. Following January 2015, they released the song Every Moment, and it was also announced that Jodeci had signed with Epic Records and were working on a new album, which will be released in March of that year and become their fourth studio album and their first together in 20 years. They titled this album, The Past, The Present, The Future. Speaking of why it took so long for Jodeci to reunite and release a new album, Mr. Dalvin gave this quote to Rolling Stone. Quote, We've recorded hundreds of songs, even if it's bits and pieces and fragments of songs that we could probably live off in the rest of our lives. But when creating this album, we chose a body of work that really represents us as a group and represents what people are expecting to hear from Jodeci as a group. People will be pleasantly surprised. Fans can expect to hear their artistic growth. Some fans want Come and Talk to Me Part 2, and that's not what it is. We don't get pigeonholed by the radio and let our fans grow with us. End quote. Shortly after the release, Jodeci went on tour with their first show as part of the 11th annual Stone Soul Music Festival in Richmond, Virginia. They were the headliners, making it the first such concert since 1995. The album debuted at number 23 on the Billboard 200 and number 2 on the R&B album charts. To date, there are no news about any new music coming from Jodeci, but I would not be at all surprised if they pop back up with a new single or made an appearance somewhere in the future, even if it's just to sing an old hit. Honey, I'm here for it. So what to say about Jodeci's legacy? I think without a doubt, they were one of the most important male R&B groups to come out of the 90s, starting strong with some of the best and sexiest love songs from the era. 
They had the distinction of mixing the new jack swing and street sounds with Casey's old school soulful crooning, which made them a standout. They were the envy of many young black boys and the fantasies of so many black girls, with a style that many other male bands would find influence in for many years to come. So is there more for them? I guess we'll see. And that's it for me. Let me know which Jodeci songs or videos are your favorite or any of the memories you have of them when they were out in the 90s. Until the next episode, y'all. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Word to the Mother. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Until the next episode, we out. Oh, 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 o